Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm your co-host, Emily. And today our guest is Gwen Adora, and we are so excited to do this interview with her. So do you want to introduce yourself, Gwen? Sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Gwen Adora. I am a role play clip artist, um, adult content creator, um, influencer type of person. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so how did you get into sex work? So I originally started sex blogging before I started doing sex work. So I, um, like in, when I was in university, I was like, oh, like I want free sex toys. Uh, so I, I started a sex blog, um, which kind of like evolved into like a personal, like sexuality journey for me. Like that's kind of like through writing and whatnot, like I like, you know, discovered that like I was queer and like discovered like that I was like into like non-monogamous stuff sometimes into like group sex. Like it was kind of like a catapult for um, a lot of my sexuality. So um, yeah, I started there and then I was like traveling um, in the States. I live in Canada. So I was traveling um, with a partner of mine at the time. And obviously I like, I wasn't working. It was like, it was like a backpacking type of thing. And, um, I was like, oh, I need like another way to make money <laughs> right now. And the, I was in LA and I was, um, had met up with a couple other sex bloggers and they were funding their blog with like a Patreon. Cause that was at the time it was like 2017 when Patreons were very, very popular for sex workers to be on. So I looked kind of, a, I was like, looked at their model of doing things, um, which was kind of like, you know, sell like the pictures for like for the feed pictures, then sell Snapchat or whatnot. So um, I was like, Oh, I should do this. And then I did it. <laughs> and um, under the, uh, at the time it was kind of, that was under my blog branding. And then I decided kind of like, look, that was during the summer of 2017. I decided in the, in the uh, January, 2018, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start like a brand for my sex work and not just do it like, underneath like my blogging brand um so that's how it came up with Gwen Adora and then it just kind of went from there oh that's amazing thank you (laughs) what was that moment of clarity like when you realized that you don't just like monogamous sex with a man within marriage you never had a wife like (laughs) I mean I, I guess it was more like a like more stepping stones than anything um Like, I think, like, one of the, like, pivotal moments in that journey for me was, it was when I I was having this, like, I was very, very, I was very, very horny when I was in university. Uh, I'm less horny now. I'm still horny, but just, like, I was, like, very, very horny. Um, Yeah. And uh, I was, like, oh, I'm masturbating to, like, a ton of, like, threesome porn. 
Um, and I was like, oh shit, like, you know, and I think at that, at that time I had realized I was um, definitely like queer in some aspects, but I was like, I hadn't really done anything with like women or like anyone other than cis men. So I was like, oh uh, yeah, I was really intrigued by the idea of having like a like girl, girl, guy threesome. And I was masturbating to that idea a ton. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, I should, you know, um, I should go out and, you know, try to make this happen. So that's like a good, I guess, for me, at least, I know that's like, um, not for everybody in terms of like a segue into finding out your queerness. Um, but I, I decided to go to a sex club <laughs> that's like local to Toronto, um, which is like called Oasis Aqua Lounge. And it's like this infamous, like a lot of people, if you know about sex clubs, you, you'll know the one in Toronto. Like it's like a pretty famous one because it has like a pool like outside that's heated and it's got like a hot tub and a sauna and then like um upstairs there's like different rooms you could go in and like it's like very like it's in more in the like the higher end of sex clubs and stuff so it's kind of um it's fun so I decided to go there and I um ended up yeah having like two threesomes in one night <laughs> like fisting someone so yeah it was like that was kind of uh I would say like the time and where like I was like oh I'm into like other things <laughs> that's that's so cool. So, so you had to have two threesomes before you realized you were queer. Okay, well, it wasn't that. I was like, I yeah, realized the attraction, I, but like it just happened that way. That. Yeah. Because I had a similar experience. <laughs> really? Gosh, no I way. didn't have two, but basically, like, I had a threesome with two girls, and like this was after a long chain of like me making out with like girls and me like watching a lot of, you know, like when I was focused on, like the girls especially. And then totally. I remember like telling my friend and then it wasn't until like I went to college and I was like, hey, I think I might be bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the entire time, like, you know, literally having sex with two girls at the same time. I'm like, oh, like, we're just messing around, like, <laughs> just for funsies, like, I have a handcuff, like, no. <laughs> you're, you're like, I really like this. I wonder why. It's <laughs> <laughs> just regular sleepover activities. Doesn't everyone do it? <laughs> Doesn't everybody eat their friends' pussies? What are we talking about? <laughs> So you're a taboo role play creator, correct? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so was that something that like, when you started sex work, were you like, oh, this is specifically what I want to focus in? Or is that something that developed with time? It was definitely not something I planned for. Um, I kind of like I came in like I have like a good amount of research like on the industry and whatnot. And like, I was very meticulous in like the way I chose my um like my name and I had like there was a lot of purposeful decisions in like me starting my sex work brand which I know isn't oh, like not everyone is like that when they first start sex work because it's um often often people are just like hey let's try this out and if it works that's fine and they usually just like are like why did I choose this name like years later or something like that but I was like very specific I was like we're I was like I'm crafted the name specifically to exactly how I want it to be but in terms of the content, I was like, I don't know what's going to work for me. So, um, like, originally, um, like, it was just, like, very, like, you know, casual masturbation videos, which is, like, obviously the bread, bread and butter of 
sex work, which like now it's funny. I'm finding because OnlyFans is so popular. Like that stuff works really great on OnlyFans, but on the sites that I was joining at the time, like many bids and uh, like the like clip sites, that stuff doesn't like it does sell, but it doesn't sell as well as like longer form. Like here's a story and here's like a um like a small plot in a small movie within your porn. So yeah, I um like over the like the years of just like kind of discovering um like other creators um like little puck and destiny diaz who are some of my favorite people like those people who do these amazing like role plays and you're like stuck in this like little fantasy world and i was like oh like i should try doing more of that stuff and i did and then it just like that stuff really really sells for me and i'm lucky that i had like a a couple like customs um custom videos from um clients of mine who kind of like pushed me in that direction um yeah and that now i'm here and like that's like that's my like bread and butter now which is really nice that's really cool Wait, okay, so um, I see your redhead, and I think that it's okay. Is it okay if I call you mommy? <laughs> sure. But can I see mommy dummy real quick? Because my redheaded best friend, I just need to give her a quick shout out, because every single time I see a redhead, I'm like, I'm going to get this sex worker because you won't have sex with me. Oh my god, that is so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> what was your first kind of like role play experience the one that stands out the most to me uh well okay I remember the first one I started like the first jerk off instruction video I ever did which is not good but it's up for free on Pornhub because (laughs) because I was like well that's fine I I can can put it up for free but um yeah that, that first one I did I was like so nervous just to talk to the camera um which is like majority of like jerk off instruction videos role play videos that's all it it is is talking to a camera and the majority like for my videos a good chunk of the video is me not even doing anything like sexy uh or even like anything like there's no like dildo around it's just me talking and like it's a, a lot of it is like the the dirty talk and um the the role play aspect to it and the story creation um but yeah the first one I did I was so nervous I was like Cause it felt weird to like not talk to somebody, but just talk to your camera by yourself in your room. You're like, okay. <laughs> like you, you feel embarrassed for whatever reason, like someone else is watching you do it. But then yeah, over time I got comfortable. And that first one was like a, I think it was like, like a girlfriend jerk off instruction video where I think I like come back from the bar, but I don't want to have sex, but I like, I like just I jerk I like do give an instruction to like the boyfriend or whatever instead, um, but that one wasn't very good. So <laughs> that's I don't really it was like. Can I, you give me those I, instructions real quick? I just need them for future reference. Oh yeah, yeah. You just touch your dick like like this. <laughs> you squeeze it really really hard on the shaft and you move up to the head and of course you can't forget the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I want help with my dirty talk. One thing, and this is slightly off topic, one thing my boyfriend and I are really bad about is, like, when we were, like, together, we're long distance, we're closing the gap, but when we were together, one of us, like, we'd start initiating sex, and then one of us would just totally ruin it. So, like, when I say ruin it, like, one time, he took my, like, he had my shirt off, and then he got, he figured out the front clasp of my bra, and then was like, let's go, and I was like, I can't let you <laughs> <take it with laughs> me. 
those are my favorite parts though of like of of having sex because it's like you don't have to be like 100% serious all the time or if you're like role-playing with a partner which like I haven't done like I've never done like a full like with somebody in my real life um I haven't done like a full like this is our scene we're in the doctor's office or whatever like you know like I haven't like as much as like they're like I've done of like role plays like personally um like sticking to a certain narrative I think especially for like a lot of couples I think that it gets really like in people's heads a lot so I think it's okay to have fun with it where there's those breaks where you could be like oh yeah it's just us to get like it's just you and me it's not like just the characters we're playing but like it's like oh yeah like like you said it's like those like fun moments I think those are like really genuine and I like I like laughing during sex a lot I think that's like a really pivotal part to like my sexuality is like having those like little free moments. So I respect that. Yeah. That's so wholesome. Yeah. Shelby, if you ever envisioned my sex life, Zach and I do talk about memes during sex. <laughs> sex. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you come up with a role play scenario, is it like, like, I guess, how do you do it? Is it because there was a high demand for it? Or do you just kind of think of it on your own? Like, what's your process? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. Um, some of them are like through custom videos. Um, so it's like someone else's fantasy that I get to bring to life, which is really, really nice. Um, and then some of them is just like, I kind of choose kind of what categories that I'm personally interested in exploring that like maybe I see that I haven't really touched upon in a while like recently like I filmed um the other night I filmed like it was like a mommy son cuckold situation where like the viewer is the the like the stepson and then his friend is over which is like a dildo (laughs) Um, and then like I use that to like cuckold my like stepson um in the video so kind of that like that kind of like touches on a couple different kinks like I do like obviously like the mommy son stuff cuckolding um I do like a little bit of like small penis simulation in there as well um and like obviously like I'm cock worshiping like a friend um so like it's kind of like you uh I choose like two to three different fetishes that I want to kind of like combine together and then I decide kind of like on how best I can play that out in a like a specific taboo scenario because obviously like there's like there's uh the taboo stuff sells the best um out of anything um so it's kind of like finding scenarios that I haven't touched upon before um like recently I did like a secretary boss one which I had never done before but that's like obviously popular so yeah it's kind of like combined like it's like taking like elements of stuff that I'm like oh I haven't done that or like I'm interested in this and this is selling well and then like putting it together <laughs> That's really cool. Wait, so what are some of your best small dick roast? Roasts? Oh, like, I don't like. <laughs> but like, what do you say that like you know is really humiliating that well, then- I could use as a roast to my friend later? Oh, okay. Um, well, the thing is, the majority of my small dick stuff and the majority of my humiliation is, like, very sensual. I am definitely, like, not, like, a mean dom. I am, like, a very, like, again, sensual, it's, like, sensual uh, mommy dom. Um where I'm just like, oh my gosh, honey, look at your dick is so small. It's okay though. It's fine. You're you're not, you're definitely not gonna be able to compete with the other boys, but it's it's okay. <laughs> like, like that's like that, like that's kind of <laughs> the uh like the vibe that I put out. It's kind of like condescending mother, like <laughs> like yeah. 
so weird. That's exactly how my mom talks to me. Oh my god. Oops. I'm sorry if I brought up that. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, my dick's not small. For the record. <laughs> Just for the record. For the record. <laughs> so I guess like one thing we were talking about, like kind of laughing, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, but how are the videos like done? Have you ever like been shooting like one of these taboo things and just said something and just cracked yourself up? Like how serious oh. do you stay doing this? Oh, definitely. No, there's, there's times where like, and a lot of it, I like, I think that which adds my like central mommy dumb stuff is I really like to have, it's kind of like, I felt like a, I guess like a, I would say a wicked dom type of vibe. So it's kind of like, I like, like to snicker and like laugh, like at the viewer in a certain sense. And there's definitely times where like I say something and I'm like, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever said. But like, and then I just like, for me, all my videos are improv. So um, I just like, you know, if I say something that doesn't make any sense at all, like, I'm like, like, I just I'm like, Oh, we'll cut it out. And just like, I keep going off of that. I like, I, I take a moment and I like, reevaluate what I'm saying. And then I just go from there. Like there was one time I was filming with um, Jessica Starling, who is another um, like Canadian content creator. She's amazing. And her and I were filming together. And I think we were filming. It was like a big tit fin dom situation. And um. I was like, we were like, obviously like touching our tits and we were like, oh yeah, like give us that money or whatever. And I was like, yeah, worship our big old tits or something like that. But the way I said it was like big old, like it was like, so like, so it was like, the, it was like, that doesn't sound big, big old titties I was like that doesn't sound like <laughs> sexy when you draw it out at all or like even if you just say it I was like one day when we burst out burst out laughing and we definitely we had like five minutes of us just cackling and we uh <laughs> we just like had to like reevaluate and then <laughs> and then keep going <laughs> Aww. I feel like yeah I feel like acknowledging when something silly like that happens makes the tension go away so much quicker than like when you both try to ignore it oh, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> did you see what before before like or I guess at the beginning of the interviews I look at the interview like the person we're interviewing and I'm like hey do you have any questions for like this type of sex worker so um for you specifically I hope this is okay I said okay. Um, you do big mommy milky GF stuff. <laughs> I love the description. Oh, we've we've kind of categorized GFs into like different categories. So, like, uh, so one so one that my friend is seeking out um, is a big titty goth GF, but yeah. you would be put in the category of big milky mommy GF. I love that. <laughs> we love it too, and oh. I asked them if they had any questions and do you have any advice for all the young simps out there are you familiar with the term simp oh yeah oh of course i'm familiar with the term simp you can't not be in this industry uh <laughs> any advice for the young simps out there um in relation to uh liking milky mommy <laughs> um uh, yeah no, always- I don't know what he wanted out of this question. But I'm, <laughs> gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, um, yeah, I don't always pay for your porn. I guess. Yeah, that's the. You, oh, maybe like for for the guys who or the the gals or other people who like think that they're totally dominant folks 
and are like secretly simping for somebody, you can simp harder. That's like that you you can simp harder. If you feel like you're simping, you can go even deeper into that and let let the person you're simping for take you in deeper. Yes. Simp harder. I literally <laughs> texted him that. <laughs> one point that you brought up. So some of my friends, or I guess one of my friends is like, wow, Emily, you managed to make porn a social issue because I gave a very, very good explanation of why you should pay for your porn instead of looking up on Pornhub. And mm-hmm. I'm because you mentioned earlier um, in this interview that you have a video uploaded on Pornhub and, yeah. you know, you obviously have like other platforms. Um, could you maybe like firsthand describe the difference of like getting your content or getting profiting off your content when you upload it on Pornhub versus OnlyFans? Yeah, sure. Um, so like I know Pornhub is like very problematic in certain areas of its being um i generally do think the team is like a slowly but surely like trying to work on that i have some like friends who um are within the company who like are like they're it's slow but they're trying to move like the dial to like a more progressive place so i like and i as a model um like like unfortunately sites like Pornhub um, tube sites those are kind of unavoidable things because like your content is going to get uploaded and like stolen and uploaded to other sites and that's just like a reality of the job so (laughs) um, you kind of have to like um, like Pornhub is a good way to kind of like take that as an opportunity if you will like and make money off of it so Pornhub has got a model hub program. Um, it's called Model Hub, and you can like it basically works like any other clip site in for like one part of it. Um, so you can like upload your like so whenever I upload a video to many events, I upload it to Model Hub and like I sell it as well. Um, but they also offer the opportunity to um, this thing called it's called premium view share. And you can like check it off um, if you're uploading it. So it's safe for me. Like a lot of my videos are under premium view share. So that means like um like premium accounts, uh, so people who are paying like monthly subscriptions to Pornhub Premium, they can see like my videos that I'm posting um, rather than just like the free ones on my profile. Um, and that gets me like a higher ad payout. So like um, versus like the normal free views that you get paid out for. Uh, which is nice. Um, and then there's like, obviously like the, you get like the free videos that you can put out as well. Um, which like, say if you, like if your video is stolen and uploaded and it already has a bunch of views, if you're a model, you can like make an account on, um, Pornhub and you can claim the views and the money of the views. So I've had friends who just like, who've been, because their videos have like been like taken, they can claim them and they've gotten like a, like a hundred or a thousand dollars just because their video already has views. Right. And then with that, like a lot of the times, like you can, if you decide to keep that video up, you can also take it down. If you decide to keep it up, you can like keep gaining momentum from that video as well. So, but that's like a personal preference, obviously. So yeah, um, that's kind of like, it offers you like a different way to make money off of your content, which is going to be probably stolen regardless. And um, the traffic on Pornhub is like, it's compared to other clip sites, it's like, like there's no uh, there's no match like it's like Pornhub is because it's like it's such a well-known established porn site that like like mainly has free videos right so there's like so much traffic there and I don't even have to promote my model hub to get consistent sales like it just 
does it on its own and I get like a check which is really nice like obviously like I um I try to put effort into like being on the site and like commenting on other people's videos and um posting trailers and like posting free videos often um like what I usually do it like every like a thousand subscribers that I get I post a free video um which is usually like my older stuff that isn't selling anyway so it's like might as well use it and like put it in like a new space where it can like make money off of it right so yeah that's kind of like what Pornhub and Model Hub is um if anyone is listening to this who is a sex worker and has questions about it feel free to ask me um I do have like a full document that I like wrote up on all my tips and tricks so if you like use my affiliate link um I will totally give that to you um and then compare in comparison to other sites um like many vids is is uh, like good and same with like um like clips for sale and um like there's like uh, AP clips and um a couple other ones which like you just like upload your um like upload your video to to sell but I think like there it's like a completely different kind of like audience that you are working with so um yeah that's kind of the difference between those two interesting so yeah so I went to your website before we did the interview um because I like to have a little bit of background on our guests before we have them on and um I read one of the articles that you were in for Vice and the article was talking about how Instagram takes down sex workers pages all the time for the content that they post Yes. Um, and I know yeah. we've had a lot of guests and uh, sex workers that we've talked to who that's a huge issue for them. <laughs> Is there, yeah, totally. um, do you want to share your opinions on that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, Instagram for me has like been, um, been, t- yeah, targeting me since, <laughs> since a, for a long time. Um, like I remember when I first, um, was like, oh, I should like, even before I had my sex blog, I was like, I should start like a body positive Instagram account. And like, literally I like, I posted, like I signed up, I posted one picture and the account was taken down. Like, that's like how, like, and like, they're also like on top of not liking like sex workers, they're also very fat phobic. And like, as like a fat woman, like they see like in their, whatever fucking algorithm, they see like people who have like less clothes and more skin immediately which like if like you're a fat person you've got more skin anyway then they like they definitely like use that as like a way to like wipe out accounts because like obviously I had no following at the time there was like no way for me to like even get like a warning on it because it's like it would just look like a spam bot trying to post porn or something even though like the first picture I posted wasn't even that like scandalous or anything so yeah that happened and then I was like oh shit um (laughs) never mind (laughs) I'm not gonna start a body positive Instagram account and then um a while later when I started my blog I was like oh I should start like a a blog Instagram account which was I got like probably at the time it was like a lot for me at the time which was like I think like I got up to like 14k followers and like I was like so so proud of that because like I've worked really hard on like growing and like engaging with people to get up to that point like um like I was like working slowly at it, like very like um, in a purposeful way, not just like relying on like it naturally to grow. Um, and I fostered like a really, really cool community. And there were people who would like read my blog posts whenever I posted them and like a really good conversations. And I had like a really good group of people that were following me and it would, like felt like like a really good partnership, I would say. Yeah. Then Instagram <laughs> took me down <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I went through several times where I'd, um, I'd appeal their um, like the decision and then I'd get it back and then 
And then two, two days later it, it went down again and then I'd appeal my decision and then I'd get it back. And then a while later it's down again. And I was like, okay, this is like, then I think it was like the third time I was like, all right, like this is like really disheartening. And I was kind of at the time, not even like really blogging that much. Like that's when I was transitioning out of blogging and into um, sex work mainly. So um, I was like, okay, this isn't like, this isn't where I want to put my energy right now to trying to keep this alive because clearly it's not working. So yeah, I just like stopped that. And I had like, I, I was very hesitant to start like my, my Gwen one and I started a Gwen one and that got taken down. (laughs) And then I started another one, which is luckily very, like, I'm going to knock on wood still up, still growing, surpassed the original, uh, my original like big accounts following. So I'm happy about that. Um, so I'm trying to keep that one alive. Yes. Plus, plus, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But a lot of that, like, like with like internet censorship, um, a lot of that kind of like, I mean, it was definitely there beforehand, but SESTA FOSTA, um, which was like this like bill in the States that affects how companies are putting out or allowing content on their sites under the guise of like, uh, trying to like stop sex trafficking. So yeah, that bill was the there's like a double bill that was put in place, and that definitely changed how companies decided what's like cool for their platforms. That's definitely why like Snapchat doesn't allow you to post certain links anymore. Um, and yeah, Instagram is very uh, like they're owned by Facebook too, so it's like they're very like with things they're <laughs> very particular. Yeah, so that kind of like affected um, definitely a lot of how sex workers work online. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to follow that up with, and you, and you touched on it earlier that you get targeted more as a fat woman. And I, I know a lot Mm -hmm. of fat women feel like they get sexualized way more than skinny women because of, you know, yeah. And so I was going to ask, first of all, yeah, if you, if you felt like you got targeted more, which you already answered, but then second of all, do you feel like you're fetishized in a different way than skinny women are? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's obviously something like I can use to my advantage in this line of work, but like in my personal life and whatnot, um, like even just like, like I can tell how people perceive me based on like what I wear too. And I'm someone who like, I'm fine. Like I'm very fine with showing skin and whatnot, but I know that just because of the way my body looks, um, like just the way it is, um, that like, I can't get out like, people will look at me as like wearing something a lot more slutty than if say a skinny woman was wearing it. Like specifically like say like biker shorts and a cropped sports bra. Like that's going to look different on me like than it does. Yes, it does look different, but it's like people because they, I guess, see more, more body fat that they're like, Oh, this is like, you're being a like more, um, you're being more vulgar in terms of like what you're, you're, dress choices are because that stuff like being fat is not seen as like a desirable um like way to look uh so yeah definitely like just like just existing (laughs) it's like just like that all the time and in the way um also with like dating as well the way men approach fat women is very different than the the way they approach skinny women and I've kind of like had like I've experienced that like in all of my adult life it's just there's such a different um like approach with like how yeah how people 
want to date us or don't want to date us um a lot of like the time it's kind of like people are like they're very fine to fuck us but definitely not fine to date us and i found that in like so many goddamn instances of relationships that i've had like friends with benefits and whatnot which is like really disheartening um and I'm, i'm someone who like in my like like my deepest fear is that like I'll never be loved. And that's definitely something that stems from like childhood stuff, but like it's even more perpetuated um, in like the relationships that I've had with men who've dated me. And I know definitely in some form of that, like has to deal with my body, which is exhausting. Cause it's like, as much as I can like try to not find people who are going to be shitty to me, it's like that tends to just happen. <laughs> so uh, yeah kind of hard to avoid yeah well good slash bad news doesn't matter what your weight is mm-hmm. gender ethnicity anything you're always gonna have fake friends um <laughs> true that, that wasn't the point but mm-hmm. so okay i was just watching a tv show yesterday and i guess i would identify as like a skinny woman and i just think it's really interesting um to like hear you say like I'm I'm fat, I get sexualized, or I, like, I get sexualized when I'm in, like, tight clothes, but for some reason, I also feel really, like, dirty and almost slutty whenever I also wear similar clothes. I could never go out in a bike, like, biker shorts and a crop top, and it's not because I feel insecure about my body, it's because I feel like, like, people are looking at me and being like, oh, she wants to fuck. Like, it almost makes me feel vulnerable. So I think it's really interesting how, like, it doesn't... I guess it was kind of interesting to hear that just because I always kind of feel, like, ashamed of my body. And so I'm starting to just think that everybody should just... Well, not think. Everybody should just wear whatever the fuck they want. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. <laughs> this wasn't even a question. This is just like an observation, like I'm sharing with you. I don't know yeah. how much like, you've probably talked about it like a lot more than you. But like when I go out, I always feel like I need to cover up more. Otherwise, I feel like something bad is going to happen or I'm going to get and I know I'm a co- like I'm a co-host on this podcast. Everything's supposed to be progressive, but I feel really ashamed when I go out wearing those things. Yeah, and I think admitting admitting that is progressive in my opinion because I feel like a lot of people they like are like, "Oh yeah, like I'm like body positive," but then they don't really like, you know, like I think a lot of people don't want to admit that they're insecure about certain ways of like yeah, going out with it like and showing skin or whatnot. Um but yeah, it, like just even saying that, I think like we need to talk about that stuff more because like, yeah, there's times where like I like majority of the time I'm very lucky that I've conditioned my brain and it's definitely been like a lot of unlearning um, and a lot of um, learning like to love myself and to like feel happy in whatever I want to wear. Um, and that's definitely like I know that I am so like I like I'm very lucky that I've come to this place like where like I am now, and especially like with work and stuff like that. But, like, I definitely wasn't always like that. And um, a lot of people, like, feel the same as you. And not a lot of people want to admit it um, because it doesn't seem progressive. They're like, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, like, I can identify with that for sure. And, like, trust me, whatever you feel in terms of going out with, like, in, like, skimpy clothes. Like, like I definitely, like, fat people that feel that, like, ten times because it's, like, our body is, like, amplified more in certain spaces. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, a frustrating t- 
topic. But yeah, wear whatever the fuck you want. Because like, I don't know, in my opinion, like if I'm going to look at Instagram people and be like, wow, I wish I could wear that. I'm just going to wear it because like that makes me feel happy. And um, yeah, fuck people who who give you funny looks or whatever. That's, that's on them. That's have fun staring, bitch. That's <laughs> <laughs> take it all in. Yeah. I have two follow-ups. I think the first one is more of a, a comment of like, I feel men in particular, women, women for sure, but men in particular don't feel the need to respect women. The bigger that they are, they feel like the less they need to do that. And I think that was um, illustrated when you were saying like, they'll fuck me, but they won't date me, you know? I think I think that's the other like fear of going out not fear but like part of going out as somebody who's bigger is like they feel like they can just touch you and like it doesn't matter like they feel way more entitled to your body than like skinnier women I think and that was really um we had a friend who had her breasts uh augmented and I noticed that significantly like she used to have really small boobs and then she got big boobs and when we would go out people just like felt like they could touch her all the time Oh. they yeah they just felt this and it was women too but like mostly men would just like grab her and it was like what what this never happened you know when she had smaller breasts so I think I think yeah there's um a, a part of that where like people just feel entitled to your body when parts of you are bigger you know totally yeah and I like I can agree with that a lot even like when I go out um or I used to go out because obviously <laughs> we're in a pandemic but <laughs> when I used to go out beforehand yeah a lot like even like 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 I would say like the locals in my city yeah a lot of people just come up and be like can I touch your tits and it was like a lot of times it was women um more so than men and like and just yeah people like trying to like grope me and stuff because and then like also because I wear like scantily clad outfits people are like people come drunk girls come up to me and it's like this like funny like joke with my friends because like it's like it happens too often where like they'll be like Oh my gosh, you are so confident. I wish I could wear that. Can I touch your tits? You are so confident. Yes, queen. And I'm like, please, I'm just trying to drink. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, it happens like more so than often. Yeah, it's, it's like a little exhausting. But I think like, I mean, that's not the worst thing that could happen. But it's definitely a common common scenario that's kind of annoying <laughs> patronizing yeah too. don't try to normalize it by being like it's not the worst thing that can happen like yeah <laughs> i mean it is a compliment but it is annoying because it's like a patronizing compliment because they're like because in reality what it translates to is if i was your size i couldn't imagine me wearing that uh, which is like that's really where it comes from and like just uh, like a lot of the times like stuff like that fatphobia is really really ingrained in our society um, and like be, like where, whenever I leave the house or whenever even just existing in my home like all, my entire life is shaped through the way people are looking at my body and um, there's not anything I can do to like change that uh, like in terms of like change like changing the ways people are like um, we're taught to associate and treat fat people but yeah so it's definitely interesting navigating that but um I've luckily found a way to kind of like do it in my own way that makes me feel comfortable yeah Um, I very I was telling Shelby about this before I just finished a tv show yesterday called Trill I would highly recommend people to yeah and I guess before that show. show um in the show she writes a whole article saying hello I'm fat and it's really interesting because, you know, before she published that, a lot of people were tiptoeing around and being like, 
oh, I just want you to be healthy. Like, oh, I just want you to be able to like, you know, live longer and all these kind of things instead of saying like, hi, I think you're fat. When in reality, that's a descriptor that we as a society have attached. Uh, Shelby's like looking at me like, no, 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 sorry. That's not supposed to be a face. I'm just like, I've just heard this so many times of people trying to like associate health with weight. And it, it's like, but no, I wasn't, I wasn't okay. trying to be like, Emily, shut I, up. <laughs> my podcast is like, I want to, if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't super like woke and like educated about a lot of the things that like we interviewed with. And I kind of like interview and I'm like, I want to understand. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who like me just want to understand, but mm-hmm. we just haven't sat down and learned. Yeah. So I kind of ask questions at that angle, but I feel like 10 years from now, I'm going to get canceled. So <laughs> no, no, no. Any, like anything that you say is like, especially when it comes from a place of learning is like, that's like, like you haven't said anything offensive. So like, you're okay. good. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> I know. No. I know this whole to be about me, but I really needed that validation. <laughs> you're so, um, yeah. It was really interesting. Uh, seeing in that show where she's like, I'm fat. It's not health related. It's a body type. It's a descriptor. And, um, a lot of people have like shifted fat to like a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but like, what would you say in terms of that? Yeah, so, like, the word fat is definitely, um, like, a lot of people, like, have had a hard time saying that uh, word just to describe people for a long time. And, like, a, like a while ago, it was, like, definitely used as, like, an insult. Like, I remember, like, one of my first experiences with confronting, like, my body image was, like, my grandmother calling me fat when I was, like, a lot younger. And that definitely shaped kind of, like, how I viewed my body for a lot of my, like, younger years in like a negative way just because like even in like media and whatnot it's like being fat is used as like often a joke for a lot of stuff like or yeah just in a negative in general so um and there's other there's other words too that that a lot of like I would say body positive like influencers have kind of we've shifted the conversation ourselves because we're like okay like we have to like take this back it's literally just a descriptor um and then there's all the uh, there's a couple other words too like kind of like thick was one of them and some of some of the other like those kinds of words like I know specifically thick that I'm thinking about because oftentimes like those kinds of words were popularized by fat people taking back them in like or like creating them in a positive way specifically I remember like when I was like first entering like the like influencer scene thick was used to describe plus size women and now it's taken on it's like gone because the fat people have popularized the term the other people like people who are like who a like who have very like conventional body types um especially the conventional right now which is like the very hourglass figure the gigantic ass big tits tiny tiny waist who like don't look like they have like a roll of fat on them those people have taken thick and even just like people who who are just like average body types or people who are skinny are like oh yeah I'm thick now and you're like okay like well like like uh which is like you can use whatever word to describe you that makes you happy that's fine yeah you can do like yeah describe yourself how you'd like to for sure but also just kind of realize like those those words became trendy because fat people were using them to describe themselves because 
we did not have any good words to describe us at all, ever. Like, it was like all just, you're obese, you're a whale, like all that stuff. So like, you're a cow, which like, a lot of us have taken those words back, which has been nice. But yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, who definitely don't understand kind of like how those words became popularized. Yeah. Do you think thick is the only word with a positive connotation to denote fat? Well, I feel like, yeah, uh, fat is neutral, in my opinion. I wouldn't say it's necessarily positive. I say it in a positive way, but I know it's definitely not a word that's positive for everybody. Yeah, there's, like, thick, curvy. I'm trying to think of a couple others. Um, that's the thing. I couldn't think of any others, so that's why I asked Yeah, you. I definitely have in the past. Let me... Yeah, bro, but you've seen Shrill. Yes. Oh, yeah, I have literally, like, the book that it was based off of right here. It's such a good book too oh amazing i didn't know it was a book but yeah I read, so it's, it's a it's a memoir and it's really really it's like such a good read if you kind of want to like see someone's experience as a fat person um like before like like in just like such an intimate way it's i think it's a really good book i'd recommend it to everybody if you especially if you like the show okay other words i would say a bbw in itself I know there's been like a lot of conversations in the community um, of kind of like who who can identify as a BBW, um, which stands for big beautiful woman, and it's a porn term mainly. But a lot of people have used it as just like a way of describing their bodies, and that's kind of like that also has an interesting with going back to like the fetish, fetishization of fat people. Like if, I remember even before I was on porn, like when I was first going on dating sites, uh, like I'd have men being like oh my god like you're such a good bbw and bbw is a porn term so it's like it's interesting how like that like those that's very connected in that sense of kind of like literally like people are literally fetishizing us and comparing us to porn bodies you know um which yeah that's definitely an interesting point Uh, but like mind connection as you were saying like i'm being described as bbw i'm being described as porn term and then we were interviewing a black sex worker um a previous episode and mm-hmm. she was saying like people are saying like i'm ebony but you would never call a black person ebony in real life yeah and i'm just starting to think like are people just calling other people by porn terms why why <laughs> oh yeah and I, like porn porn is very influential in the way we go about our society like it's it's like people don't re- like means like normal people don't realize that it's so influential in the way that we um, think about people and the way we kind of like go about, especially in relation to sexuality, how that stuff is connected um, with the way we view um, certain body types, certain races. It's all yeah, it's all very um, interwoven. I would say that's so interesting because it sounds like porn is an important part of your life and you should pay for it. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe if you, if you watch better porn that you're paying for, then you won't be stuck with watching stereotypical, um, stereotypical porn that kind of like puts a negative light on certain people and certain types of people. Like maybe if you pay for your porn, you'll actually be able to talk to the content creator and learn the right terms and not be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't mind. I don't mind being called a BBW when I'm in porn space. But if someone comes into like, my my personal life and tries to be like, use that term, I'll be like, 
what are you doing? Like, that's like, just like, okay. Like, I get that you like thick women. It's fine. But just don't be so obnoxious about it. <laughs> yeah, if somebody come up to me and you're like, you fucking brat. I'd be like, the fuck you just called me? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you just called me? That's the only corner term I thought of that I could be most closely associated with. So, right off the top there we of go. my head. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so the last question that I have is, how has your experience in the industry evolved your image of yourself and, like, your body positivity? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I entered the industry in a very, like, body positive. I I don't really like saying body positive anymore because I think that, like, so many, like, the, the movement has really been, going back to our last conversation about people appropriating things, that the body pot even body positive now is like if you look up the hashtag you're gonna see thin white women taking up that space rather than fat people and body positivity as a concept was invented i guess invented but like started as a movement uh, by black women and like over the years it's slowly become more white and more thin oddly enough because now obviously like body positivity in general should apply to everybody but because it's it became trendy over the years, um, just like words like thick and whatnot, yeah, over like the the skinnier people have also joined the movement, which they get no matter what those types of like skinny white cis women are, they're gonna get more airtime just to, based on algorithms, based on just the way people uh, move throughout society and move through spaces. Um, those types of people are gonna be shown more than like the actual fat people who you know did the work to popularize it so I don't even necessarily like I am body positive in practice but not in terms of like I'm not gonna say I'm a body positive feminist I'm just a body positive person I guess yeah Um, yeah, I guess a body positive hashtag right now and um Nani the fuck (laughs) yeah uh, yeah it's like a lot of it's a lot of average sized or thin white women who like are like we're like this is how I look in the mirror and it's them looking like absolutely like they've been carved out of stone or something and then the next picture is them like hunched over trying to make their their body have like a roll or something like that and you're like okay like you're like I mean that's you're like that's just how your body moves that's fine <laughs> um yeah and off yeah and them co-opting the movement like like oftentimes it's kind of like you know I think it's a little detrimental because yeah they take up more space and the people who like are really giving the information doing the work to make spaces more inclusive and make you know um ways of life more inclusive for fat people are getting pushed out of it yeah it's definitely disheartening uh but back to the main question yeah I when I started it, like before sex work, I was very, um, very comfortable in my body, which like just kind of, I feel like it's just kind of transitioned in with me in terms of what I've been doing. Um, I've definitely had to see my body in more angles than I'm used to, like on a normal everyday basis, because, you know, when you're filming with a camera, uh, you have to see yourself in unflattering situations sometimes. (laughs) So it definitely has gotten myself like, I guess, more comfortable to like, not just me like looking good in a mirror head on, um, but like seeing myself in all sorts of ugly ways, which is uh, which is a very humbling 
Um, but also good experience, like a good practice in terms of um, accepting your body in a different way. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I honestly, I let's do the hashtag and like Shelby was sitting like next to me as I was like clicking on all the like very thin and very hourglass figured women. And I'm like, bro, like body positivity. I'm not even considered that positive. <laughs> and like, I'm not. Bro, what the fuck? There was a lot of fitness women. It was like, I've never seen yeah. who's like yeah. one month postpartum or like six months postpartum. And I'm like, You're okay, like where? that's cool, <laughs> but you look like me and I've never popped out a kid or two. And like, I exactly. So you're like, oh, you're <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. The fitness industry is kind of like trying to take over too because they're like, well, like if it, body positivity is about everybody, then it's our fit bodies too. And you're like, all right, that's nice. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> so, but my fun question, cause I feel like not that obviously I could go on discussing what's wrong with society for days. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're not truly viewing people as equal people of all shapes, colors, sizes, all of it. But I do have to ask. So freak me out a little bit, mommy. What's the freakiest shit? That like you've ever had to role play so freaky that you're like <laughs> low key proud or ashamed. I don't really care either way. I think you know what I'm going for. Ooh, yeah. I think okay. I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, there's a couple like upcoming customs that I have to do that I wouldn't consider freaky, but definitely aren't like out of. They're definitely out of the ordinary of content that I would normally create. But I don't really, I don't know if I want to spoil them because I haven't done them yet. And I, I always feel weird talking about projects that I haven't finished because it's like, what if I, for whatever reason, ever finish well, it? Well, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. If you don't know if you're going to finish it, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I, I, don't, I, I should. Maybe, I'll, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's months, like when though. I tell Shelby, yeah, I'll do that now. And then I actually follow through versus doing it on my own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've got um, an upcoming custom, which is so unique. Um, and it's like a, okay, you know the scene in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, where which you, where you know this conversation is going to go an interesting way when I start the sentence that way. Yes, um, this is but, what I wanted. Yeah, yeah um, where like Violet Beauregard, like she swells up like a blueberry, yeah. right? Yeah, so I had someone reach out to me, a client of mine, um, and they want me to film, like, a scene where, like, my tits swell up and get blue, so I'm going to do, like, a blue, like, a blue makeup on my tits or whatever, and on my face, uh, and then, um, and then they kind of, they want me to be, like, a, like, basically, like, in Willy Wonka's world, I've swollen up like a blueberry and I've been there for years and I've just been like a slave being milked for juice. <laughs> and then uh, basically the whole video is like me, like, like having juice being pumped out of my tits and then, um, and then being like, basically like so horny that I can't handle and end up coming a bunch. <laughs> so that's that lifestyle actually sounds quite nice but <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of the hue cow hue cow fetish yes yeah yeah okay. oh yeah i i do a lot of hue cow stuff and uh which actually like 
I, I started doing that a lot because like, taking cow is definitely used as, was, was used as a negative term for fat people for a long time. Like, oh my God, she's a cow. Or like, like I would be like mood at like, uh, like on the street or whatever. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Fat phobia sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just kind of like started doing cow stuff because it was like definitely a way to take back, take back being um, like a, being called one and now I'm like oh my god now I'm a cute little cow <laughs> like uh, uh so yeah that's like I, I also I do make cute cow porn and yeah so it's definitely similar with like the milking of the titties power out of out of sheer curiosity you don't have to answer this do you have one of those like insane I've looked into it more than I like to admit publicly but go ahead <laughs> and publicly I guess have you looked into those like ridiculously like almost wooden milking stations like I've seen those things where it's like it's it's wood and you there are two holes and you put your tits you know what I'm talking about I know exactly I know exactly what you're talking about yeah nobody knows what I'm talking about she's laughing at me like I'm a fucking psycho yeah there's a there's a couple um there's a couple yeah porn video like like we're like more like pro fetish porn videos that have that 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 milking station i have like looked into it i really want someone to like one of my fans if anyone is listening wants to like there's like goat goat milkers that like they're like which you can use on a cow too or a human whatever you'd like to but like actual like farm milking things and they're like these big long like um like things to put on your nipple um and then they like go into like a bucket where the bucket would collect the the milk i think I, i really want one of those for filming so, but I definitely a station like that is definitely like when I eventually have like my own place and have the means to do so, I definitely want like a, like a setup where I could pull that out at any time to do a video of a more, a more extreme stuff. Yeah, I would, yeah, not, not denying you of being this, but I would love to talk to a very Hugh Cow, um, centric sex worker. Cause I know, I know there are some people who like, take supplements specifically oh, to yeah, make I've themselves lactate <laughs> i'm just so yeah yeah i have yeah I, uh, there's like different stuff you can take um like it's like frenu geek or frenu geek um and like thistle something yeah there's a couple of different stuff you can take to try to get like bigger it like helps you have bigger tits and or lactate depending on um who you are but you have to do it with like the process of inducing lactation without getting pregnant is like, like I've looked and I've looked a lot into this because I'm, I'm very personally into hookah stuff. Um, so basically the process is pretty hard because you have to simulate your tits, like, like a, basically like a baby would be sucking on them. So, but you have to do that often. Like you have to do it every, like, it's like every four hours or something you have to be like putting on your like your your little like milking situation and like pumping um doing a milk pump and then um like dry obviously and then taking the supplements every day so I've I've taken like supplements before um but I'm so bad at taking like a vitamin daily that like it's like like and it's like a bunch of different pills you have to take like a couple times a day I just like completely was like I like go for a like a good chunk like a week or two and then I just completely forget to but I can feel like I do feel the difference in the way my boobs are like they get like they get more like stiff and hard definitely you can definitely feel a difference when you're taking them which is interesting. yeah Crazy. I love I love the way that we're talking where we're like haha just dabbling into it but do you know about this machine that does this <laughs> 
just lightly just so lightly yeah no I love like I like often my, my videos that I make are often like me being very dominant uh but in my hookah videos that's when I got to be like really subby which is very very sad yeah for me. I mean so. like obviously I haven't looked at all the hookah porn before but I don't think there's really a way obviously <laughs> <laughs> like dominant while being I mean, you you could be, but, like, it's, like, it's such a, like, the whole kind of, like, allure of being a hookah is, like, that you don't really have control over what's happening to your body and to you. So, like, that's, like, uh, for me, it's, like, that. that's kind of where I have, I have fun with it. And because a lot of my other content is so dominant-oriented, I'm, like, and I, I like being submissive as well. So, um, that's kind of, like, the submissive stuff that sells for me is my hookah stuff. So, I like that I get to play in that. Area. I love that I was finally able to talk to someone about that. <laughs> I've I've friends like, yo, if somebody ever gets knocked up, just make like you know a couple of k or two. People will pay oh. big money if you can actually what? lactate. I would like that's like my personal goal, and which sucks because like I uh, as much as like I do a lot of impregnation porn. That's um one of my best sellers. Um, that's like my niche is impregnation stuff. And so, like, people are obsessed with getting me pregnant, and um, I don't really want kids, actually, even though I'm obsessed with the idea of, get, like, becoming pregnant. People being, just... like, impregnated, like, being bred. Like, <laughs> yeah, being bred. I love, I'm, like, such a slut for that stuff, but then I'm, like, in reality, I have an IUD, and I'm not planning on taking it out for a very, very long time. Yeah, so it's... Impregnation was your niche. But this is the first time I'm hearing you mention that. No, I don't but, know how we, 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 I managed to avoid it. But yeah, it's definitely my best seller is, is impregnant. Yeah, I was about to be like, if you've avoided it this long, you like, is it, is that how taboo it is? Because like, I feel like impregnation, that's like the least taboo form of sex. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's no, I, uh, no, I, I don't think it's taboo at all. I don't know why I haven't mentioned it. I guess I've definitely, I've talked about it on a couple other podcasts. Um, so I, I just, I guess don't want to, we've had, and we've had such good, interesting conversations. There's, there was just no need for me to randomly bring it up, but yeah. I'm sorry. Did you just say that was not your first? No. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You guys guys are my most recent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Gwen, we absolutely loved having you on our show I, I almost said we absolutely adored having you on our show but oh, I was like too easy can't do it cute. that's cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much for interviewing with us this was so much fun and I'm glad oh we had to my talk. gosh yeah thank you for having me uh- <laughs> um if anyone who's listening wants to follow Gwen on social media her twitter is at Gwenadora and then your instagram is at Gwenadora XO correct yes yeah and I have a website now um which is Gwenadora.com Oh yeah, that's, that's why I found all the articles you were in. <laughs> I literally just made the website like recently, so I'm glad it worked. <laughs> it's beautiful. You guys need to check it out. Yeah, and then if you want to follow us, we're at Candy Girl Podcast on Instagram and at Candy Girl Pod on Twitter. And then if you have any questions for us or for Gwen or for anyone else who's been on the show, you can email us at candygirlpodcast at outlook.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. I'll hear from you next Friday.
Buckwheat Daddy. Uh-huh. <laughs>